Welcome to Carrier Calls. I'm Rebecca with our Intel team. In these episodes, we've been talking about compliance. And as always, our aim is to keep it short while tackling some really complex topics and giving you the key takeaways. And this week, we're excited to talk to Lisa Collins from PrimePay about ICRA. Lisa, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a bit about what you do at PrimePay? Thank you. My name is Lisa Collins, and I am the Director of Broker Concierge Partnerships and Services here at PrimePay. We have uh, developed a Broker Concierge Partners dedicated to working with brokers. It enables agencies uh, to adopt uh, business services to help strengthen client relationships, neutralize competitive threats, meet client demands, and certainly you had mentioned compliance. That's a big demand that clients have today, and also create new revenue share. And the result of it really is to create efficiencies, control costs, and help them mitigate compliance risks. So we've had this program around for about 10 years. We continue to expand it as the industry changes as well. Let's start off with just a refresher. In our previous episode, we talked all about what ICRAs are about and you know, the compliance aspects about that. And I'm sure we're going to get back into that today, but can you just give us a quick overview of what ICRA or ICHRA is? Sure. So the individual coverage HRAs came about with the final rule that was released last year. And there's been a lot of discussion um, about ICRAs and the applicability. There's some key points to ICRA that has been very different than than other, uh, like the QSERA plans. There is no limit of company size, so any company can adopt these plans. And we've heard a lot about the individual medical premiums can be reimbursed by the employer, and also 213D expenses can be reimbursed under these plans. The nice thing, too, is certainly the employer can put a dollar limit to it, but ICRA has no dollar limit. So what are the advantages to employees for the ICRA? It gives the employee a lot of flexibility because they can choose what coverage they want because they're going to the individual market. So they've got empowerment, choice, but it's also portable, which is important uh, with today's marketplace. Any of the reimbursement under ICRA from the employer is uh, tax-free to the employee. That's great. And what are the advantages for the employer with this type of program? Employers are having discussions around this because it gives them cost certainty. They know what they're going to be reimbursing. And again, if they set limits, they know up to how much. They also have tax advantages with these plans, and they have a business write-off for these plans. Lisa, what type of groups or maybe what type of regions do you think this will be a really useful plan design for? That's a great question. You know, there's been a lot of conversations around this, and we'll have to see where the market really takes it. I remember reading that HHS had projected in the next five to 10 years that 800,000 employers are going to adopt these ICRAs, and it will cover more than 11 million employees. So we'll see what happens with that. But today our discussions are more with smaller employers. They're looking for maybe they don't offer benefits, their employees can't afford benefits. Geographically, it may be in certain areas where the individual coverage is not as costly as group coverage or maybe even less expensive. There's also employers that are classing out or thinking about classing out certain employees. So they're still offering a group health plan, 
but those that are not eligible for that group health plan can choose this ICRA plan. So for an example, maybe seasonal employees, hourly employees, part-timers, um, if you've got a population with really high turnover, maybe this is a, a good option for them. So it really does depend on the employer's philosophy, whether or not that they're um, offering coverage or not. And again, if they want to reimburse premium only, or if they want to reimburse those two 13D expenses as well. But typically today, we're seeing the smaller employers really more engaged in the conversation than the larger group. That's great. We love to be able to give our brokers maybe some guidance on where to look to pick up this type of business or what type of groups might be looking for this type of solution. And wow, those are some big numbers. It sounds like it could be a really great opportunity for, for a new thing out there. We have all of this information about what the ICRAs are, um, that it's a great potential for these smaller employers and maybe even larger employers too to go ahead and set up something like this. How would they go about getting involved with an ICRA? Uh, there is, so there, it's exciting to talk about it. Certainly there's really good solutions and, um, for ICRAs or situations, I should say, for ICRAs, but there is compliance aspects. So um, the first, the biggest thing I think that is um, something that may slow down the process a little bit is there's a requirement to furnish a notice 90 days prior to the plan. And when you your prior um, presentation, you may have already talked about some of the compliance and that came up. So if you think about it, 90 days, if we're talking about it today in February, well, that's not until June 1st that they can actually put the plan in place because of that 90 day prior to the plan notification requirement. There's also, it's subject to ERISA. So there's summary plan descriptions and summary benefit of coverage, plan documents, potentially 5,500 filings, um, other employer notices. They have to notify the employee annually that um, the, the individual medical plan that they're, they're enrolled in is not subject to ERISA. They need to report the amount on the W-2. So you, you can see there's still a lot of employer involvement and it's just not reimbursing a premium. Um, and then the employee, they've got some administrative requirements too. They must show proof of that individual medical coverage. And each time that they submit a claim, let's say a claim to reimburse that part of the premium that the employer has agreed to pay, they've got to provide it's really an attestation, so they're signing something saying, you know, they, they've got the coverage with each claim that's being reimbursed. So there are some compliance and administrative considerations also. Hey, can you tell us a little bit more about how employers can meet the employer mandate for ALE or applicable large group employers? You know, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. We are seeing and talking to large employers um, how they can meet the, the mandate. So as uh, an applicable large employer, or I say ALE, under ACA, a company has more than 50 full-time equivalent employees. So they can actually use ICRA to comply with their required mandate. The, the individual market coverage that we talk about under ICRA is considered minimal essential coverage or MEC. So if the ICRA is affordable, the employer can meet their ACA mandate and they don't even have to offer the group health plan. Or they could af offer that, that combination of a group health plan and ICRA to meet their 95% offer of coverage requirement. 
just remember if they're they're offering both of those plans, a group health plan and ICRA, employees can't be eligible for both. They can only be eligible for one of those. So those ALEs, applicable large employers that maybe were forced to offer group health coverage because of ACA for the first time, now they can offer ICRA and get themselves out of the group health business if they want to. Or, as I said, they can offer a group health plan and also offer ICRA alongside of that. Uh, so a lot of different combinations and flexibility here. I really feel like it, it's really prudent to seek out an advisor that or a third-party administrator that is administering these plans for help in, in these discussions. For that applicable large employer plan being affordable, they avoid, of course, the ACA penalties. But also I want to mention, if it's affordable, the employee is not eligible for the tax credit. If, it, if an employee actually proves that their ICRA is unaffordable, they can opt out and they can claim the tax credit. So this really may be a good game plan for small employers. So kind of going back to the small employer conversation, if they make the ICRA unaffordable because they don't have to face that those ACA penalties, they can reimburse whatever they want and not worry about affordability under ICRA. And if it's not affordable, the employee can opt out of it and they can receive the tax credit. So there's flexibility for the employee there. Yeah, thanks for that. That sounds like an interesting game plan. It puts something different to consider on the table for employers. So PrimePay is one of our partners that we see really getting involved with ICRA and taking it on as an area that you guys can help with and help groups be compliant, guide employers and brokers in the process. What type of services is PrimePay going to be able to offer to employers? I think the first step really is to identify with the broker and the employer, is this a fit for them? There's a lot of discussions around that. Do they offer a group health plan? If they do, how they're going to class out employees, um, there's certain classes that must be identified for those that are not eligible for the group health plan that would be eligible for ICRA. And then depending on certain classifications, there's also uh, size. So if they have less than 100 employees within the class, they have to have 10 employees. So there's a lot of pre-discussion, a lot of pre-work to do. And then certainly once they decide to move forward, what the limit's going to be, um, how they're going to determine the COBRA premium for it, the ERISA compliance. Um, we're going to you know, provide all that documentation, the SPDs, the SBCs. Um, we can help with the 5500 filing if that's required. Again, these plans are subject to COBRA. They also have some non-discrimination uh, testing, not if it's premium only, reimbursing the premium, but if they get involved in reimbursing that 213D or the deductibles or coinsurance that I mentioned earlier, uh, there's some non-discrimination testing for that. And then certainly all the notice requirements, um, that annual notice, uh, that it's uh, the individual coverage is not um, an ERISA plan, and also that the 90-day notice prior to the plan will furnish that as well. So we'll keep them in compliance, but prior to the enrollment or the rollout of these plans, we'll have a lot of discussions to make sure that this is really the best fit for them and the road that they want to go down. That sounds great. Hey, you've mentioned 213B a few times now. Can you just give us a refresher real quick? Sure. I talk lingo sometimes and, and don't think to define things. 
that absolutely happens with this compliance stuff. There's just so many acronyms and numbers and legislation numbers and laws to remember. It's, you know, it's alphabet soup or letter soup and you can't keep any of it straight sometimes. Yeah, so true. So 213D expenses are your qualified um, expenses, the same ones that you talk about with your flexible spending accounts, your health reimbursement accounts, and your health savings accounts. So outside of the deductibles, coinsurance, co-payments, and so forth, you've got expenses that could potentially be eligible for reimbursement, you know, some dental vision. Just to clarify, those would be qualified expenses to be covered by the ICRA? If the employer wants to, so there's, they can do 213D expenses, they can do deductibles, co-insurance, co-payments, they can do premiums, um, they even can do Medicare premiums. They can choose one, they can choose all of them. The plan document will outline what's going to be reimbursed under the ICRA. That's really great that the employer has a lot of flexibility in setting up, you know, what's going to work for them or what makes sense for their employees. I loved that you talked about the discussion that you'll have with the brokers, you know, and the groups to make sure that this is the right plan for them or what they're looking for to make sure that it's kind of well customized to their needs. So we have a lot of, you know, scenarios. Can we do it in this situation? Can we do it in that situation? Does this make sense? Um, Some companies have several locations and maybe the network with their medical isn't reaching other locations. California may require certain things that the other plans, you know, they're not based in California, don't offer. So there's a lot of discussions around that as well. What's helpful with PrimePay is we have some ERISA attorneys on staff. So if it gets really complex and they're trying to do real fancy creative things with this, we have professionals that really can give their technical expertise on what can and can't be done. All right. Well, it's about time to start wrapping up our conversation. You have given us so much good information, Lisa. I want to give you a chance, though, to leave brokers with one last thing about PrimePay. What is one of your favorite things that makes PrimePay stand out? It is our broker concierge program, no doubt. We work with many brokers that they're not the big firms, let's say, that they really need some expertise, some technical expertise to help them through, especially as things continue to change. So our broker concierge program has regional advisors and they are certified in flexible compensation. Many of them have a license. They are there to help the broker in delivering solutions and ideas and creativity to their clients. We also have ERISA attorneys that are on staff, so if we need additional technical resources, we have um, those ERISA attorneys to turn to. We've got a dedicated onboarding team, so that client experience, that onboarding team will work with them, collecting the data to build out, for example, in the ICRA, there's a portal that needs to be built out, data collected, so we'll work closely, removing that aspect from the broker's responsibility, we'll work directly with the client. And then we've got the ongoing support. We've got a dedicated service team. So it comprises three, four, five, depending on the area, people that work closely with the broker and the HR department on the day-to-day service of those clients. 
That's wonderful. And it really highlighted to, I think, something that we've been trying to reiterate in this compliance series, which is there is so much out there to know about compliance. It's really almost impossible to be an expert on every little bit of it. So we want to highlight our carrier partners who are the experts so that the brokers don't have to worry about knowing every little piece of the laws or every little piece of the legislation, regulations, et cetera. They can really turn to someone that they trust to help guide them through the process. Yeah, in addition to the compliance, we do have, I know this is being clients-focused, but we do have an entire suite of employee management solutions. So I like to say the, you know, hire to retire, and those are based on an a la carte basis. So applicant tracking, onboarding, uh, payroll, the COBRA, the ERISA, and we also integrate with some um, Ben Admin partners. Wonderful. Sounds like you guys are a one-stop shop. I love it. Well, I think that about wraps up the time that we have today. Thank you, Lisa, so much for joining us. Appreciate the time. Really glad to share the information as things continue to expand. We can continue to to update everybody. Really interested to see where the market goes with this ICRA and would love to share. I think um, you may post it on your site, the comparison between the ICRA, the EBRA, and QSERA. How's that for a bunch of acronyms? Right. Yeah, I'm sure this will not be the last conversation that we're having about ICRA. It is kind of a new, exciting thing to see where it goes. And thanks everyone for listening today. For more information on what we discussed, check out our show notes. If you have any questions, reach out to your sales team. And if you have a topic that you would like for us to tackle, shoot us an email at intel at lisibroker.com. Thanks everyone. Enjoy what you're hearing. Follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple, or find us on your favorite podcatcher. 